This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. So good to have you with us as we journey together in taking our leadership to the next level. My name is Sam. I'm your host. And today we have a great interview uh, with another friend of the podcast, Lisa Nichols. Lisa is the CEO and co-founder of Technology Partners, a women business enterprise and provider of premier IT staffing solutions and software. Lisa and her husband, Greg, founded Technology Partners in 1994, driven by their passion to revolutionize the staffing industry with their transparent business model, and they co-lead the business today. Greg and Lisa have made it their priority from day one to create mutual wins for their employees, clients, and the communities in which Technology Partners operates. This has in large part led to Technology Partners winning many awards, most recently including being named the top workplace by the St. Louis Post-Dispatch for 2018 to 2020, best of staffing, diamond status by clearly rated, largest temporary staffing and software development firm in 2020 by St. Louis Business Journal, one of the most innovative companies in St. Louis by the St. Louis Small Business Monthly. Lisa has been named among the most influential business women by the St. Louis Business Journal. Lisa devotes her time to many professional and philanthropic organizations, including the CEO Forum, the YPO Christian Fellowship Network, the St. Louis Independent Center, and the YWCA. Lisa's most recent project is her podcast called Something Extra, which her and Richard talk about on today's podcast a little bit, and it's produced and recorded at Technology Partners. She interviews leaders from around the world and across the for-profit and non-profit spaces. Each episode explores the guest's journey and what they believe is the something extra every true leader possesses. Links will be in the show notes to her podcast. And without further ado, here is our conversation with Lisa Nichols. Well, welcome this morning to another uh, podcast. And uh, one of the my favorite things that I get to do on these podcasts is to interview wonderful people that I've had a chance to get to know uh, through my own work and travels and speaking. And one of those very special people is Lisa Nichols. Uh, she and her husband, Greg, were in a, a CEO training that I did uh, uh, several years ago. And uh, she is a delightful person. She and her husband have started their own company uh, based in the St. Louis area. And, uh, and people always love listening to these because uh, our guests are always so delightful and insightful. And so Lisa, welcome to the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me, Richard. I think you know this because I tell you this all the time. I'm a big fan. I quote you a lot. You've made <laughs> a tremendous impact on Greg and I. So uh, it's kind of funny for me to be sitting as your guest today, but because I always feel like I'm learning from you. But thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. Lisa, tell us about your company because you and, and Greg have done a, a very interesting thing and you start a great business. Tell us about your company, what you do. Sure. So Greg and I, we spent the first 10 years and we'll get into this a little bit. We've known each other since we were three and five. Mm. Uh, Greg has stories. He can remember stories. <laughs> I don't really remember stories, but he remembers stories. Um, but, but we dated all through high school and all through college and then got married and uh, worked in fortune 500 companies for the first 10 years of our career. And then decided 26 years ago to really jump on 
onto the entrepreneurial wagon and form a company. And so the name of our company is Technology Partners. Uh, we are headquartered in St. Louis. We are really a full service firm for technology. So we we started more as a staffing firm for techno technologists, um, professionals, staffing them for different companies. Uh, about 10 years ago, we actually stood up a solutions firm. So a solutions part of our business where we can take whole projects on and, and basically from cradle to grave, we can manage that project and then give it back. So Really, our goal is to be that one-stop shop for mm. a for a company that needs technology. And we all know everyone needs technology today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to stop. So um, it's a great business to be in. And we can talk about that more. It's been interesting doing it with my husband. Yeah. Now, I've been in your office. And your, your office is right next to Greg's office. And so go, right. go ahead and tell us how that works. Uh, and you're now you're... The, technically, you're the CEO. He's the president, I think. Is that how that right. works? And right. So, yes. so how does that work? Having the, the wife as CEO, husband president, offices right next to each other. You work together all day and you go home, you're together. Um, some people would say that that's not a good recipe for uh, happiness. In for marriage. a healthy marriage. <laughs> <laughs> how, how have you worked that out? Right. Because you both seem That's quite relatively point. happy. So I'm assuming it's working out for you. We are relatively, <laughs> yes, we're very happy. I will tell you, we've learned a lot along the way, Richard. We haven't always done it right. That's for sure. We're both very strong personalities. Fortunately, though, we are truly gifted in different areas. Hmm. So early on, Greg and I, we, we, I know what I'm really good at. I know what he's really good at. And so we said, as long as we are staying in our swim lanes, mm -hmm. we, we actually do pretty good. It's, it's when I can sometimes veer into his swim lane and, and then he can get a little bit messy, <laughs> but, um, yes, I am the CEO. He is the COO president. I do own 100% of the company. That's just by choice. That's how we've set it up. Uh, so we are a woman owned business, which, um, certainly, you know, brings, its own uh, set of, I guess, in a way, perks, but then also challenges. Um, but, you know, really on big decisions, we always make those decisions together. I mean, we truly are lockstep with one another. It's just on a day-to-day -day basis, if we were both trying to do the same thing, that would not be good because then we would be stepping on each other's toes. But there's certain things that I do really well and things that he does really well. And, and so we learned that very early on. I, I will tell you another lesson, Richard, that we learned, and this is probably... I don't think it's unique to us. I think it would be anybody that the husband and wife are in business together. Early on, we did not set boundaries around when we talked about business. Okay. And so, you know, we're just running fast during the, during the day. And so consequently, what would happen, we would be on a walk at night, we're on vacation, we're always strategizing, hmm. we're talking business all the time. Hmm. And a few years ago, Greg said, you know, I think how we can solve this is we need to set regular meetings with one another, just like we do with our employees. Hmm. And during the week, during the work hours, instead of saving those conversations for our 
downtime or our family time. And I will tell you, when we started doing that, that was a game changer for us. Mm -hmm. It truly was. We try not to talk business. Now, obviously, sometimes there's things that maybe require more decision making, more thought uh, through, you know, and we'll be talking about something on a Saturday morning. But we really try not to do that and right. try to make those meetings during the week. So, but I would say it's a blessing. It truly has been such a blessing for us to combine our gifts and to be building something together. Wow. And, you know, I think that's the way God wants marriage to be, where you've got uh, complementing gifts and strengths. And if you could just acknowledge those, recognize those in each other, uh, it brings out a lot of great things in a couple. Um, well, you know, you kind of, you mentioned this, but let me just ask you, you're as a woman CEO, um, I know things are changing in society in some ways. I mean, not that long ago, that would be a rarity to, to come across a, a woman CEO. It's not so much now, but, but certainly you've been at it long enough that you've had to face uh, some of the challenges that come with that. What, as a woman in, in the business world, um, what, what have you faced that has maybe been a challenge or, and women may identify with this, but you know, sometimes as a man, I, I want to know, uh, how to, what to be aware of. So I don't inadvertently contribute to, to things or say foolish things, um, you know, just out of my ignorance, but, uh, help us to know kind of the, the kind of challenges maybe that women have right now, just working through business and certainly getting to a CEO role, especially. Right. No, that's an excellent question. And you are right. The tide is changing a bit. Now, this was never the case for us, but studies show, Richard, that the number one challenge for women, especially women business owners, is access to capital. Hmm. Less than 2% of venture capital money goes to women business owners. Wow. Wow. which is really surprising to people. I mean, unfortunately, there's still a lot of unconscious bias out there. Hmm. But I do believe the tide is turning. That wasn't really the case for us. When we started the business 26 years ago, there there weren't a lot of resources like that. There weren't venture capital and angel investors. There probably were if we'd been looking for them, but they certainly were not real prevalent. So for us, when we started the business, we we kind of took the slow and steady route mm. and used a home equity loan in the beginning to fund payroll. And then we would grow based upon what we could afford. Mm. And so it was a more of a slow and steady. So we never took on partners or um, venture capital money. We've, we've maintained 100% ownership of the business. But I will tell you, that is a number one challenge for mm. women. I would say the other thing, and I hear this from women all the time, the access to women mentors. Hmm. And and I look at my own career, and I had fabulous mentors in the first 10 years of my career um, in Fortune 500, but they were all men, which is fine. I think a lot of that, though, is there weren't, there weren't at that time, there just weren't as many women in leadership. Hmm. as there are today. So I, I just, I hear that all the time from women. They would really appreciate a woman mentor because hmm. a woman obviously knows all the things that a woman's dealing with, right? But um, you and I both know several of these women. Cheryl Batchelder is yeah. one, Jose yeah. Zilstra, Elise Mitchell. These women all get it. I mean, they are all pouring into the younger generation. I do believe it's our responsibility 
as women, as we move along to make sure that we're reaching back and pulling somebody else up. Mm -hmm. So mentorship is really important. And then I guess the last thing that I would say, it certainly is a challenge balancing everything. And when I hear that word balance, I'm like, I don't really know that (laughs) it's not a perfectly balanced scale. It just isn't. I know in, for my own life, I always say it's like, I liken it to being a plate spinner Hmm. and I am a plate spinner (laughs) and I'm looking to see which plates wobbling the most. (laughs) So, you know, I may, it truly may be, and there have been times where there've been seasons where I've had to pull back and I'm like, I'm not putting as much in the business because a child needs my attention right now. Yeah. Um, Cause you've got, you have three kids, the great kids, uh, but uh, you know, they've, they've each had their own challenges. Uh, it's not been easy. I, I just know some of about each of your kids and, uh, that that has to be one of the hardest things being a mom and but then also the CEO you've got uh, you you've got to be torn right oh no doubt and i hear it from women all the time now fortunately i have an amazing husband and partner in life and business and so you know that certainly helps and somebody that i completely trust so greg and i truly do share that load but I hear it from women all the time. They feel guilty if they're at work. They feel guilty when they're at home and not working, right? Yeah. Um, and especially during COVID, I would say during this time, Richard, I we've got a grandson that lives with us now. You know, our little guy, Sawyer. Yeah. And now yeah. he's in school right now. He does go to school. But I've talked to so many women that their kids are virtual and they're trying to get their job done. They're trying to be excellent in what they do at work. But then they've got little kids that they're yeah. trying to also homeschool. It is, it's tough. It really is. There's well. no doubt about it. But <laughs> I always say, you know what? We need to give ourselves grace though. Yeah. We need to just give ourselves grace and, and we're doing the best we can. (laughs) Now you have a, and and you started a group called Rooted that I think is really fascinating. I've actually been able to have lunch with uh, some of those ladies uh, before when I was passing through St. Louis. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. I think that's a really cool thing that you've been a part of. Well, and I have to say, Richard, Going through CEO forums, Spiritual Leadership Institute, which you were our primary teacher, that was, I think, 2014, 2013 to 2016, something like that. I learned so much about, and I'm going to quote you here. Um, (laughs) I will never forget you saying, when God taps you on the shoulder for something, what you do next says everything about what you think about God. So if he is tugging at your heart, if he's putting something in your heart that maybe you need to step into, do it, you know, don't wait. I mean, because then if we do, and how many times does that happen? Maybe the Holy Spirit puts somebody on our heart and says, you know, this person could probably use an encouraging word right now. Yeah, Lord, I'll get to that. That's a great Mm -hmm. idea. I'll get to that. Um, but what you're saying is if you don't act in obedience immediately, you're saying his timing is not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And we know his timing is perfect. And so in 2015, one of my dear friends, Cindy Erickson, she's the CEO for American Red Cross for both Missouri and Arkansas. And she and I were talking one day and we were just talking about how we longed 
to have a community of faith-filled businesswomen to do life with, hmm. to lean into when we had questions or decisions that we were trying to make and just do in life in general. And so we started probably in about, I want to say maybe the May timeframe, just talking to various groups, looking for something like this. I'm sure, Richard, you're familiar with CBMC, Christian mm -hmm. Businessmen's Connections. Mm -hmm. There's that group, but there's not a Christian business women's connections. Yeah. And so we looked for a few months and finally in August, we gave up and we came up empty handed and we said, we can't find anything. We've talked to people. We can't find anything out there. Let's just start something and see what God does. Hmm. So that's what we did. We started with three women we have grown organically. We've never really necessarily advertised. It's been one woman at a time. Uh, but now we are up to 140 women on our list, hmm. Richard. And, wow. and so not everyone comes every week because these are all busy women. They're CEOs, CMOs, CHROs, CIOs. A beautiful thing about this, though, in this group of women, there anything you need functionally? Hmm. <laughs> uh, hmm. We had a PR issue last year. Well, there is a PR person <laughs> in this group, and she was one of the first persons I called. And I said, Pam, we got this situation. What would you suggest that we do? So it has just been such a blessing. It truly has. Hmm. Um, and we, we studied the word together. You know, we are praying for each other. We are supporting one another. And the whole goal, much like what CEO Forum, it's, it's about marketplace ministry. And I believe that if we are rooted in Christ and we are growing in him, Richard, we're going to be more effective in our families. We're going to be more effective in our communities. We're going to be more effective in our businesses for, for, for the kingdom. And so that's the whole idea behind this group. And, uh, one other little thing that I'll tell you that really is kind of a silver lining in the cloud is this was our third year. We decided three years ago that the rooted sisters would put on a Christian business women's breakfast in St. Louis, never been done before, never had a Christian business women's breakfast. And so this was our third year. And obviously with COVID, we're like, do we cancel? And we, every year that we had done it, we, we were gaining momentum. So I think the first year, I think we could seat 300 people. <laughs> the venue that we had was gracious enough to add one more seat to every table. Hmm. Wow. So we had 330 women our first year. We sold out. The next year we had something like 450. And so this year with COVID, we're like, do we, do we cancel? What do we do? But then we felt like we had gained this momentum and goodness gracious, people today need support from one another more than ever. Hmm. This has been a terrible time for so many people and people feeling isolated and needing that encouragement. So we pivoted to a virtual we used a platform called Whova, very robust platform that allowed the women to really get in and have conversations with one another. Um, 
and we reached almost 600 women and yeah and it wasn't just st louis we had a woman join in from germany we Mm. had women from nashville we had women from the research triangle we had women from charlotte so it was just it was tremendous and so i have no idea we did just we we decided to grow up we decided to grow up and become more mature (laughs) So, so we did apply for our 501c3 this year and we were granted our 501c3. We actually have, um, you know, a board, um, and that sort of thing. So, so now we're big girls and, uh, (laughs) we've got a big girl organization. I seriously have no idea what God has in store for the future, but you know, we're all strapping in and ready for the ride. So, wow. Wow. Well, I think that's a great model for hopefully other cities and regions could uh, learn from that. I think there's a, obviously a hunger for that. And a lot of, I'm a part of a lot of groups where there'll be dominantly, predominantly men. And then there'll be a few women like yourself that like this SLI that will, will be in there. And, uh, but what a joy to walk into a room and it's a bunch of women just like you, uh, that have a lot of the same issues and needs. And well, you know, you, one thing that that kind of reminds me of is just, you, you are an entrepreneur, you and your husband have started something from scratch and, uh, and, and you sort of morphed as you've seen needs and had success. Uh, what about for our, just our listeners? I know there's some like uh, Sam uh, here in our podcast who loves the entrepreneurial idea of seeing markets and starting new things. Uh, what, what? How do you? Well, how would you encourage someone that perhaps they've got a dream or vision, but it seems pretty daunting to try to actually monetize that or start a business? What What advice would you give to someone that has an idea or an itch? but it seems kind of scary to start. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that is an excellent question. Um, you know, and I will say 26 years ago, Richard, when we started, there were not the resources that there are today, for instance, and I'm sure you had the same thing in Atlanta, but in Missouri, across the state of Missouri, we have nine different innovation centers. Hmm. We have a couple here in St. Louis. We have one in Springfield. We have one in Columbia, uh, one in Kansas City. So we have nine different innovation centers. And these innovation centers really, truly are resources for entrepreneurs, for budding mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. They can go there for instruction. They can go there for coaching. They can go there to um, even help look for venture capital if they need venture capital or seed money. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so when Greg and I started technology part there was none of that <laughs> there yeah. was none of that there i mean today i'm sure you guys have these there too we have accelerators hmm. where you know um, a, an entrepreneur can come in and get coaching in the various uh, functional areas to help accelerate the business hmm. i mean truly there was none of that i mean i say really we learned from the school of hard knocks yeah yeah <laughs> Along the way, we seriously had to learn along the way. Now, you don't listen. There are, and goodness gracious, I didn't even know there's probably 20 different characteristics of an entrepreneur. Um, but one of those characteristics certainly is you've got to be willing to take a risk. Yeah. You do have to be willing to, to put it out there and take a risk. But I say you can take a measured risk. You don't want to bet the farm. You don't want to bet the farm. And in software development, there is a, 
an idea out there. This really came in from GE actually and how they did their innovation um, and, and constantly innovating uh, new products, new service lines, that sort of thing. But there's a concept out there called a minimum viable product. Hmm. And so you're not like putting everything in this. You're getting enough out there where you can get it into the market to actually test the market hmm. to see if there's going to be an appetite for what it is that you're doing. Now, when we started technology partners, there were certainly other firms like ours there in the marketplace, but we saw some areas where we felt like we could be a big differentiator. Hmm. And a big piece of that, Richard, back in the day when we started, these other firms were very um, help things very close to the chest. So they did not really want a company knowing what they were paying their people. They didn't want the person that was working for them really knowing what they were charging the client. Mm-hmm. And here Technology Partners comes on the scene. And and for Greg and I, from the get-go, it was really important for us to be able to track the best and the brightest people. Mm-hmm. That was our goal. We wanted to track the best and the brightest people. We wanted to treat them fairly, you know, Greg always says we're all about the wins. So if it is a win for us, but it's not a win for the employee, that's not a good deal. Mm -hmm. If it is a win for us, it's not a win for the client. It's not a good deal, right? So we want to create these multiple wins. And so for us, we said, we're going to be very transparent with our business model from the get-go. We don't want to hide anything. We're going to pay people really well. We are going to take less Um, on our profit margin, we're going to work at much less than what our competitors are working at. So the person that's doing the work can get the lion's share of what's being billed to the client. Hmm. And Greg said at the time, Richard, I remember he said, either we'll be the biggest in St. Louis or we'll change the way the industry works. Hmm. And I'm very happy to say that both of those things have really kind of come true for us. I mean, we are the largest firm in St. Louis. We are the largest IT solutions firm like ours in St. Louis. We're the third largest woman-owned business in St. Louis. Mm. Um, but now the industry has really changed to where our clients are actually asking for more transparency. Hmm. What is actually going into this bill rate? What are we actually paying for? Hmm. Um, So for us, we just, we started and said, if we take care of our employees, our employees will take care of our clients and then our success will follow. Now you just, uh, you won uh, an award or recognition here recently in St. Louis. Tell us about that. Let me let you blow your own horn here for a second. Oh my goodness. Well, that's (laughs) kind of a weird thing to do actually, but yeah. So every year they will choose a class of the most influential women in St. Louis. I'm sure they do this in other markets as well, but I was chosen as one of those women for 2020. Hmm. And like I said, it's, it's, kind of weird talking about this, talking about yourself with this. But one of the questions that they asked me was what makes you influential? Hmm. And that's also a very weird question (laughs) to have to answer for yourself. I'm like, well, why don't you ask somebody else that question? But, you know, here's what I said. I said, you know, everything that I do, I mean, my faith is at the center of everything. Hmm. It truly is. It's at the center of everything I am. And so I believe because of that, I believe I was put here for a purpose. Hmm. 
And I believe that the purpose was bigger than me. I believe that we're put here to make a difference, right? And so when I choose different activities, that's why I choose those activities is because I'm choosing the things that I feel like where I can make a difference and where I can make an impact. Um, and, you know, that's really, if if I've been given any influence at all, I give, I seriously, I give the credit to, to Jesus. I really mm. do. Mm. Um Richard, as I had alluded to the Spiritual Leadership Institute before, but one of the things that that I learned in in that is how important it is. It, God is such more, he's so much more concerned with our being than our doing. Mm -hmm. And so that really does require us to spend time communing with him. If we're going to be more like him, we've got to spend time with him. Yeah. And that means spending time in the word. That means spending time in prayer and meditation and journaling, all those things. Um, and I seriously believe that when you think about being a leader, when you think about having influence there, there's so many characteristics there. I think you used the word daunting before mm -hmm. it can be daunting and, and you can feel so ill-equipped so many of the times, but, but I seriously happen to believe, I know for my own life, when I get off balance, when I get off centered, that's when those leadership qualities sometimes are really lacking. But I believe if we are centered in Christ, first and foremost, all the leadership qualities that we need, like vision and compassion and self-awareness, I mean, we could go empathy, we could go innovation, creativity, we could go on and on and on about all those different leadership traits that are needed, but I believe that they will just cascade out of there. I believe they'll naturally flow because I believe God, you know, in his sovereignty will give us what we need when we need it. Hmm. Well, so. you know, Lisa, you're, you're amazing. We're, we're uh, friends on Facebook, I think, but you're, I'm always seeing you, you're with the rooted group. You're, you're with the YPO. You've been real involved with them. You're, you, there's so many charities and groups in St. Louis that you're there hosting and helping. I've never seen anybody that's got their finger in more pots in the, in their community than you do. And yet, uh, you don't, it's, it's not just easy for you. I, you, you, and you've got some kids with various, uh, challenges you're helping them through. And, and one in particular, your daughter, you've got, you've started kind of a podcast based on her. And, uh, I, you know, I always like, uh, you, you got such a sweet, sweet daughter. All your kids are great, but, um, but you know, sometimes people hear your story on a podcast and they think, oh yeah, well that's, she's had some lucky breaks and she's must've had it in the fast lane or something. But, but I know enough of your background and the, the, the things you carry, uh, to know that, uh, you've had to, part of God making you who you are has been helping you walk through adversity and challenges. Um, but tell us a little bit about your podcast, especially how you came yeah. up with that name and, and what's sure. involved behind that. Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm so glad you mentioned that Richard, because I'm just going to be really vulnerable this morning. I just was feeling a lot of burden. I mean, mm. there are so many things going on right now. The rooted sisters, think about that. There's 140 of them. I know what's going on with the majority of them. Mm. Uh, one sister has gone through breast cancer. She's having surgery tomorrow. Another sister lost her brother a year ago. Mm. Friday will be the year anniversary 
of no. that. Um, as you said, we've got challenges. Our middle daughter right now has been diagnosed with a lot of autoimmune diseases. There are, I can't even tell you how many doctor's appointments mm. <laughs> that we had last week and we've got coming up. And this morning, I will just tell you, I, um, I was feeling burdened because hmm. it's not just my burdens, but I am taking on some, some other people's burdens. I'm, I'm feeling that burden. And I was just thinking about Jesus hmm. and I was just thinking the burdens of the world mm -hmm. are on him, Richard. Yeah. You know, but, but I, I was listening to some praise and worship. I'm, I'm a huge music person. Anybody that knows me well knows that I'm so moved by music. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to Defender mm -hmm. by Francesca Battistelli, you know, and some of these words are, you know, you go before I know that you've gone to win my war. Your love becomes my greatest defense. It leads me from the dry wilderness all I did was praise. All I did was worship. All I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. Hallelujah. You have saved me. This, this just, I just started crying when I heard this song because God is our defender. I can be brave because of him. Yeah. If I did not have him, there is no way, Richard, that I could be brave and that I could get through things. And I just think about Paul. I think, you know, my his strength is made perfect in my weakness. In mm. fact, you you could say it better than I can, but Paul even said he he gloried in his weakness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a <laughs> so, hard thing to do. It is so <laughs> hard to do. But, you know, that's the thing. When you have him, you're not carrying those burdens alone. I know that he is walking with me. And like I said, it's, we've, got, we've got challenges in our own family, but there's so many people that I'd love and care about right now that are going through really tough times. Yeah. And um, you, you start carrying those burdens too. You're trying to, to shoulder some of that for people. Mm -hmm. So you asked about the podcast. Sorry, I, that's a long way around, <laughs> but I just felt like that was on my heart. Yeah, and I well, just, I you. had to, to say that. But yes, yeah, so our youngest daughter, Allie, is just she is just such a bright light. I wish everybody could meet her. She is our youngest daughter. She um, has Down syndrome. And literally, you know, I, Richard, I remember one time you talking about joy. There's lots of things I remember about you talking about joy. One of those is when you're lacking joy, you know, the scripture says in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. So if you're lacking, lacking joy, maybe you need to run into his presence. <laughs> Never forgot that. And then secondly, I remember how you even told a funny story on yourself. Sometimes with your family, you would walk in the room and the joy meter went down. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I will tell you when Allie Nichols walks in the room, the joy meter goes up. Yeah. Un yeah doubtedly 100% of the time it does. She just brings joy. I mean, sometimes, of course, we're not in our office right now because of COVID, but prior to that, Allie would sometimes pop in the office or she would come with our assistant to the office and I would have our employees say, Hey, can we have an Allie fix? <laughs> can you bring Allie? I need an Allie hug. Huh. I mean, she is just so precious. So 
the whole idea behind the podcast, I say all the time, Allie scientifically has something extra. <laughs> she has an extra 21st chromosome that makes her down syndrome. But I said, when you get to know Allie, she's got so many something extra. She's got extra joy. She's got extra compassion and love. Well, she's you a great dancer it. too. She is an awesome dancer. <laughs> You're right. Yes, she really is. She's got moves. That's what she said. <laughs> But um, she's got lots of something extras. And so the whole idea behind that was in 2018, we said, let's, let's do a podcast, a leadership podcast, and talk about the something extra. Every leader is uniquely gifted. We all have unique gifts. What is that something extra that every leader needs? And what makes that something extra unique? or that, that leaders, uh, something extra that makes them unique. And so we did that. We are now, I want to say, I think we're close to 120 episodes. Hmm. We, um, we celebrated our hundredth episode, uh, in September and Albert Pujols came on to the oh, yeah. show. Yeah. It was such a joy to have him on the show, but leaders like you, Richard, great leaders like you have been on the show. And so I believe we have curated some amazing leadership stories hmm. and you and I've talked about this, but for me, showcasing people's leadership stories is such a joy, but the biggest joy for me is because it's a podcast. I can now share it with the world. Yeah. And, um, this, this person is not related to me, but there is a gal out there by the name of Morgan Nichols. And she has a quote that I absolutely love. And she says, be willing to tell your story. Tell how you climbed that mountain and how you got around that obstacle because your story may be someone else's survival guide in the future. Hmm. Wow. Wow. And I just love that. And I feel like getting people's stories out there truly is going to help people. And so, yeah, it's true. It has been one of the greatest joys. It's definitely one of the most fun things I've done in my professional career. <laughs> well, Lisa, I knew that our time would race by because uh, you got so much just in your heart and, and mind and experience. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll have all the contact information here in the show notes for your podcast and uh, information and how to get hold of your business if people just need some uh, solutions from your company. But maybe just one last question uh, as we wrap up, and that is we are still in COVID, and, and I was actually uh, supposed to be flying over to St. Louis today to be in a meeting of, of marketplace leaders, and uh, that was canceled because COVID is spiking there once again, and uh, and they're restricting how many people can meet and so on. I know you've been meeting from your home. You have a beautiful home I've been at out in the country, uh, so it's not a bad place to be working, but... Uh, but your, your life has been disrupted as well. And so for all those still trying to navigate COVID and all the challenges that come with that, is there anything that you've learned or any advice you'd give just in, you know, we, it's not, it's like, sometimes we think, well, if I could just get through this um, and, you know, just get to the other side of this or just, I wish 2020 would just be over. And yet, mm -hmm. you know, I, for me, I just realized, but but like, I only have one life. And if I just write off an entire year of my life and say, I just want to get through that, um, you don't want to get through life. Like life is the most precious thing you have. And, 
And even in the midst of very challenging, difficult times, it's still the only life you're going to have. And there's a lot of uh, still golden nuggets there to be had if you keep your eyes open. And uh, and I know you've, you've done that. And so any any advice you'd give just how to navigate COVID or just challenging times like we've been through in this past mm-hmm. year. What have, what have you learned as a leader that maybe you could share with the listeners? Well, I've learned a lot. I truly have. And I am with you, Richard, we don't want to just get through it. We want to learn the lessons that we're supposed to learn during this time. Um, and, and for me, I always say, look for the silver linings. There definitely are silver linings. It's terrible. I mean, I've, I've had friends, parents that have passed away from COVID. Um, I've had a friend that her brother passed away, another friend that her uncle, I mean, it's terrible. There is no doubt about it. People have lost their jobs. Um, it's awful, but try and look for the silver linings. And, and to your point, if you have your eyes open, I believe you can see those. I mean, certainly we've had a lot more family time, which has been amazing. Hmm. I, I remember when I had Albert Pujols on the show, he said, this is the first time in 22 years that I've been home in the summer hmm. because he's playing ball, hmm. you know, and he's in a hotel somewhere. So for me, I mean, I think one of the things that I really um, just enjoyed, I've enjoyed some of the more quiet, reflective type activities. Uh, Richard, you've been to our place and hmm. you know that we have 35 acres, but we've got 18 raised vegetable beds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time gardening. I spent a lot of time gardening. I not only planted a spring crop, we planted a fall crop wow. this year. Wow. And it has been so much fun just enjoying those more uh, quiet activities. I've written a lot more hmm. than, than I had the opportunity to do before. Um, so, and I, as far as your team goes, just make sure right now that you're giving them grace. I mean, mm. truly, it is hard. I've We've got young moms that work for us that are trying to homeschool their kids right now and do, do work. I mean, trust your team, trust your team. And um, certainly there's got to be accountability systems in place, but be willing to give people grace and also just ask how they're doing. I mean, I will tell you this, um, you mentioned Allie dancing, mm-hmm. Richard. So she is dancing again there. She won the dancing with the St. Louis stars in 2019. Okay. And all the money goes to support an organization called the independent center, independent center, supporting people with mental illness mm-hmm. and their families. And certainly every nonprofit that I know of this year has just is hurting yeah. because they're not able to have their galas and they're not able to have their normal fundraising activity. So they're doing a virtual event this year. Uh, and Allie's competing in that for champion of champions, I think it's called, um, but to raise money and just knowing from talking to them, I mean, mental health is a big deal right now because so many people feel isolated. They don't feel like they have anybody to talk to. The other thing I would say is be there for your team. Just ask them how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, hey, how's that project coming? Are you are yeah. you going to get that project done on time? And yeah. say, how are you doing? How's your family? Um, you know, just 
compassion and care and empathy, I think, mm-hmm. are so needed during this time. Yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you for taking the time to visit with us. And you're always a ray of sunshine whenever you come into a room and uh, have a patented smile. And uh, you bless so many. And I know that our listeners are going to be blessed and encouraged just by what they heard today. And so thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It was always a joy. It's always a joy to be with you, Richard. (laughs) And you too, Sam. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.